we have pointers now that tell us that there is a major shift underway in how big countries conduct their intelligence, espionage, spying, whatever you want to call it. Big countries, in our case, will say particularly democracies now. I am not saying this trend is confined to democracies. It's just that we can get information or we can get these pointers only from democracies because the other guys don't talk at all. So you can't expect you can't expect non-democracies or heads of intelligence agencies or the or the parliamentary intelligence committees in non-democratic countries to talk about these issues. That's the reason we don't know. But in democracies, they do. That's why we've got two pointers, two pointers from very distant countries who happen to be very close security allies. That is the US and Australia. And these pointers tell us the same thing. These pointers tell us two very important things. One, that earlier intelligence was mostly about counterintelligence, which is action against action against traditional spying from the other side. So Chinese or the Russians may be spying in one of the Western countries or maybe Chinese or the Pakistanis may be spying in India, maybe the Americans or the French may be spying in India. I'm adding it all, all because I'm specially saying Americans and the French because in the past from India, diplomats of both countries have been expelled or action has been taken or have been marked out for spying in India. So any country can be spying in another country. Traditionally, counterintelligence was to counter these spies and these spies actively represented another state to get information, to create sabotage, to, to hire agents, etc. Now, now it is now shifting. Now counterintelligence, it's still there, but it's also giving way on a larger scale to much, to much more focus on foreign interference, foreign interference into your internal affairs, which means seeking to influ influence politics and government systems. And we saw that with US elections in the past when Russia was accused of interfering. And we also see this in what's hap happening in Canada right now. There are sizable parliamentary inquiries going on and foreign in interference, which is mostly about China. Now, just for a little bit of tarka, somebody has thrown in India as well. But I don't think from whatever I read, that's taken very seriously. In fact, if I read 10 stories in Globe and Mail, which is the Canadian paper I see, Closely, I track closely and subscribe to. I find almost no mention of India after the first one. So again, it's China. Now, what are the clear indicators that we've got? One is this. The second trend, the second trend is that earlier when intelligence agencies or the governments got information through their own sources or resources, then they kept it to themselves. It was kept like a state secret because Information was power. You use that information to build more information. Also, there was a fear that if the information comes out, your agents might get compromised. Now, the two things that have happened is the first one I will mention to you has come from Washington. And then I will leave it at that because I will not expand on that because that's a pointer. The second has come from Australia because in Australia, the head of ASIO, Australian Security Intelligence Organization, Mike Burgess, he has delivered his fifth annual national threat assessment. Very interesting lecture, very important lecture. I'm sharing the link to the entire lecture with you. And in that he makes very interesting points. And the common factor that emerges from these two things, from what's happened in Washington, I will tell you in a moment what happened, what happened in Washington and what Mike Burgess has said is that the idea 
that intelligence information should be kept secret and nobody should know how much you know that is now being turned on its head which means you now use disclosure as a weapon in intelligence warfare so you let your rival know that listen i know what you're doing i know this is this is what you're doing this is not a secret to me i also know who's doing it for you so you desist so disclosure is being used as dissuasion that's a very new thing so what's happened in washington what's happened in washington is very simple that is a congressman ohio republican congressman michael turner representative michael turner republican of ohio he is on national security in fact in many ways in sync with the biden administration particularly in his suspicion of russia and and concerns about russia's interference in america and also the security threat from russia to that extent he's not of the same group as say donald trump's group donald trump said i think day before yesterday that he would encourage he would encourage putin to go and do whatever the hell quote unquote whatever the hell he wants to do to any european country which hasn't spent enough on its defense so he's not from that group he's from the more old fashioned group we sees russia as a threat so he heads the us congress's intelligence committee he had a, he had a cryptic statement issued which said that the government white house should release some particular classified information now set the cat among the pigeons people said what classified information what does he want so initially the feeling was that he wanted something released on ukraine so that the blocked aid package for ukraine could be could be cleared to create to create opinion within the congress that this is hurting the ukrainian cause and by implication hurting the american cause but turned out to be not that what it did turn out on the other hand was the fact that us intelligence had information that the russians were planning or supposedly planning to place in space some nuclear weapons to threaten american satellite assets now that at least the pretense is if you read stories in the american press the pretense is that the white house was shocked that the us establishment did not like it but then they had no choice so they called they called a meeting of select congress congress members and told them about this but also said that they did not see a threat from this right now and once again if i see the american media coverage it's a bit like you know intelligence community was afraid that this might compromise their sources on the other hand if you see the impact of this and i haven't seen that alarm come out at oh representative turner has ruined our sources no it does seem to me like this is a case of using disclosure for dissuasion that getting the russians know that we know it of course russians say we have no such plans and russians are not moving on these plans it's not as if they were going to do this next monday but this is advanced knowledge and disclosure of advanced knowledge similarly similarly listen to what mike burgess is saying he has he has a very interesting lecture of which i will give you some highlights and some insights but let let's also from which i will give you some highlights and insights some select highlights and select insights particularly to the extent that they matter to us but also listen to him this is just 19 seconds listen to him set up his own speech what is he saying what is he saying setting up his own speech good day i'm mike burgess director general of security tonight i'll deliver my fifth annual threat assessment asia's job is not to study problems our job is to stop them 
You'll see that tonight when I take you live inside an intelligence-led disruption of a group of spies that have been targeting Australians. So he says, it's not our job to find problems, it's our job to stop them, right? So stop problems from happening. And then he goes on to say, as, you, as you've just heard, you will see it tonight when I take you live inside an in intelligence-led disruption, not operation, disruption of a group of spies that have been targeting Australians. So the high points, first of all, I told you the new trend, new trend one that counted intelligence has now become instead of catching spies, it's become more a case of preventing foreign interference. And second, disclosure is now being used as a dissuasion, as a force of dissuasion, a weapon of dissuasion, instead of being kept secret. That's the first big trend. Second, the Western world is fearing China and Russia, but China is the preeminent threat. And that is something that's been coming out from the US for a long time from the other members of the Five Eyes Alliance, because it's easier for us to understand what they're saying and doing because they do their stuff in English. Not long ago, in a full episode of Cut the Clutter, we had featured the highlights of a meeting of the chiefs of the Five Eyes Alliance intelligence organization. So for them, China is the preeminent threat. Number three, as I told you earlier, definition of espionage, spying, etc. has now changed to foreign interference. Then approach, once you have the information, is to use awareness, awareness for dissuasion and disruption of a rival operation. Dissuasion and disruption, not necessarily for prosecution. It's not that you catch a spy and take the spy to jail and make sure that that spy and make sure that the spy gets convicted. So the sense is that the bigger threat of foreign interference that can be prevented by using awareness as a dissuasive tool. Mike Burgess in his speech, for example, goes ahead to say that there should be widespread exposure of Chinese agents, agencies, methods, and also understanding of dangers and the precautions that need to be taken to prevent them from carrying out their activities. And that cannot be done, he says, through what is BAU. In fact, I saw BAU and I thought maybe is it is it some kind of an acronym that I'm missing out on? So I checked out BAU is very simply I'm sure most of you know it, it's business as usual. So he says, you can't tackle all of this with a business as usual approach. Now, what are the things, specific things he's saying? So what are the specific things he's saying? I've shared with you the link to the full speech. I'm also sharing with you the link to the full Twitter thread, the tweet thread that his office put out, that ASIO's official handle put out. In fact, as I'm speaking, it's also running on your screens. You can also go back to Twitter. I will share a link with you as well. You can check it out. So he says, first of all, that for terrorism, we have threat levels. So for terrorism today in Australia, the threat level is possible, right? It's not, it's not certain that a terror attack is imminent. It's possible. If similarly, there were threat levels for foreign interference, then that threat level would be certain. And the prospect of foreign interference today is much more imminent than terrorism. Then he says that there is a particular foreign intelligence service with a particular focus on Australia. We are its priority target. He doesn't say what that particular foreign intelligence agency is, but, but everybody knows that he's talking about Chinese intelligence. And then he says the team is aggressive and experienced. Its tradecraft is good, but not good enough because we found out so not good enough. ASIO and our partners have been able to map out its activities and identify its members. 
and then he goes on to call them the A team, which means the Australia team. Once again, for clarity, A team is not the team that Australia is fielding. That is the team that the Chinese are fielding. Australians are countering them. This A team, the Chinese intelligence team that he's talking about, he says they troll professional networking sites looking for Australians with access to privileged information and then use false anglicized personas to approach their targets. What are these anglicized personas? So one particular case that he uses is Sophie and I will take you into some more detail of that. But he says Sophie, Ben, Eric, Emmy. So they become, they take names like this. So people think these are people from Anglosphere offering us jobs, offering us conferences, offering us junkets, offering us consultancies and that's how they work. Then he gives this specific example of an Australian who he says let's call him Ian. So Ian, Ian receives an unsolicited direct message from someone claiming to be Sophie from a fake company called Data31. Sophie offers a part-time consulting role and asks for insight into foreign policy, trade and risk. Now, this correspondence between Sophie and Ian, Australian intelligence has eavesdropped on. So, they've recorded this correspondence. In fact, he has presented, when he said, I'll take you inside an operation in his speech, this operation he has laid out in his speech and you, the visual now you see on your screens, that is the visual he's put out with his speech. That's the correspondence that Australian intelligence has caught between this Australian named Ian in this case and Sophie at the other end or the person at the other end, obviously foreign agent at the other end, who calls, who call themselves Sophie. We don't know male or female, so we'll say who called themselves Sophie. So see this correspondence, see it on your screen, you will get the drift. So he says when this approach came, Ian replied and expressed interest in the opportunity, asking how it would work and what sort of inf information Sophie needed. Sophie's reply, he says, contained several multiple red flags. She requested information that is not available online, asked if Ian had contacts in government and suggested he not mention who he is working for. And then he asked her how much you pay and she says it's a lot. And then she also said, she, quote unquote, she also said that, would Ian be willing to come for a meeting overseas, all expenses paid? Now, ideally, ideally, Mike Burgess says by this time, Ian should have become suspicious and reported this approach to the security authorities in Australia. He did not do that. But he says, he says, I'm sorry, this is a real exchange. That's a real exchange that you see on the screen. But I'm sorry, it did not end well for Ian. Fortunately, ASIO, that's the Australian Security Intelligence Organization became aware of the cultivation and intervened before any secrets were disclosed or any harm was done. And then he goes on to say, unfortunately, too many Australians miss warning signs or make the A-teams, the Chinese intelligence is worked too easy on just one professional networking site, could be LinkedIn or anything like that. On just one professional networking site, there are 14,000 Australians publicly boasting about having security clearance or working in the intelligence community. And he goes on to say, I appreciate that people need to market themselves, but please be smart and be discreet. Don't make yourself an easy target. And who are the targets? Academics, political figures who are invited to conferences in an overseas country with the organizers covering all expenses, right? So this is really compromising people from a democratic country 
by the use of junkets or what I used to call in my cynical moments, people used to say, oh, we need CBMs, right? CBMs say at that point between India and Pakistan or CBM. CBMs is something, uh, is an acronym that's used often in the strategic community. And I always said, said in my cynical moments, what is CBMs? CBMs are conference building measures. So in this case, Conferences or junketeering for conferences is used also to compromise influential people on the other side. When the attendees arrived at the conference, he says, they were met by individuals claiming to be bureaucrats. In reality, they were spies in disguise, members of the A-team. And a few days, few weeks after the conference wrapped up, one of the academics started giving the A-team information about Australia's national security and defense priorities. All of this, similarly, something similar happened, he also says, with an aspiring politician who first provided his analysis of recent election and the names of ups and comers. The purpose was so that a team could target them. And once again, his agency found this out and disrupted these. He says, ASIO disrupted the scheme and confronted the Australians involved. While some were unwitting, others knew they were working for foreign intelligence service. We helped the unaware ones extract themselves and swear the links between others and foreign intelligence services. Now, he says, you may be wondering why I'm giving you this amount of detail. Now, this is very important because this is disclosure. This is disclosure for dissuasion among own population as well. That look, if you do any of this, we will find out. So that will dissuade your own countrymen. Now you may be wondering why I'm giving you this amount of detail. I have declassified the case for two reasons, he says. First, awareness. Australians need to understand what the threat looks like so they can avoid and report it. And second reason is more complicated. We decided to confront the A-team. So they confronted the Chinese intelligence agency at some level. We decided to confront the A-team and then speak about it publicly as part of a real-world, real-time disruption. We want the A-team to know its cover is blown. We want the A-team's bosses to know its cover is blown. So that is disclosure for dissuasion or disclosure as a deterrent. You choose dissuasion, deterrent or maybe dissuasion and deterrent. That will be my preference. I want the A-team to know and its masters to understand, Burgess says, that if they target Australia, ASIO will target them. We will make their jobs difficult, costly and painful as possible. This is what we call an intelligence-led disruption. So I know many of you are intelligence spying nerds. Many, very many of you read espionage novels, novels and things. This is something different and this is a step forward from catching spies and taking them to jail taking them to court and to jail. This is intelligence-led disruption. This is one reason he says, and this is very key. This is one reason I say, why I get frustrated by suggestions that convictions are the only weapon in our collective arsenal or the only measure of our success. So once again, it's not a case of just catching a spy and getting them a long jail sentence. It is preventing the other side from doing what they want to do. So in any case, your purpose is served because the other side failed. You've been able to disrupt them. Again, explaining the same, same new strategy of disclosure as deterrent plus dissuasion. He says, sometimes we use public statements such as my speech today to shine a disinfecting light on the tactics our adversaries use. So potential targets are better able to identify and resist overtures. 
it is not the asio's job to study problems our job is to stop them that is what he said in the very beginning setting up the speech he says the case he is mentioned is not a one off there have been many cases in fact he gives a number he says our task force on these on on this foreign interference that is called the counter foreign interference task force has already conducted 120 operations since it was set up in mid, mid 2020 and and successful disruptions have increased by 265% and they continue to increase exponentially last year he, he gives an example from last year where the task force uncovered and disrupted an individual this is very important an individual working on behalf of a foreign government who wanted to physically harm an australia based critic of the regime now there is no indication as to which regime it is which country it is what kind of dissident it is i want this reference to be a little bit loaded i will not speculate on it at all i'd rather not speculate or let me just put it more precisely that i must not speculate nobody should speculate i can just repeat it the task force uncovered and disrupted an individual working on behalf of a foreign government who wanted to physically harm an australia based critic of the regime the individual tried to identify his target's home address and bank details hired a subcontractor to take photos of the house and even asked how much money would be required to get the subcontractor to court and court and court take severe action against the dissident and then i come to the line i really like as an old reader of spy fiction spying history and also generally a student of national security and that line goes there aren't a lot of things that terrorists and spies have in common but sabotage is one of them terrorists want to sabotage and spies want to sabotage and then he says asio his organization has seen both cohorts that is terrorists as well as spies talking about carrying out sabotage in his country and he says and for one day if they shut down all our telecom systems or all our power system then can you imagine what will happen and we are aware he says of one nation state one nation state conducting multiple attempts to scan critical infrastructure in australia and other countries targeting water transport and energy networks once again that nation state is not named but you know but you know even better than me i i was about to say as well as me but even better than me which country that reference is to finally he says that security now because because the business of espionage spying security has changed it has shifted from straightforward old fashioned spying to now foreign interference <coughs> security means everybody has to be involved everybody has to be conscious citizens companies and he says there need to be three dimensions to security vertical horizontal and temporal vertical when your company is set up don't just put a security officer somewhere from where the company is set up there should be security consciousness and security elements built in at all levels you can't just put it in one place it's not as if you have one big house and you put one lock outside you have to make sure that every window is secure every ventilator is secure so on and so forth so that is that is vertical security second is horizontal security which means everybody in your system all elements in your organization people places technology information all of those should be designed and sensitized to the need of security because now the foreign power will not just go and hire agents in your security agencies foreign power is trying to look at everything in your country and see whatever useful they can find because sabotage 
cyber sabotage cyber sabotage in particular is a very important objective for them and third is temporal third is temporal and how is that described good security cannot be a point in time it is an enduring responsibility as i have explained threats circumstances technologies and people all change we must constantly reconsider and recalibrate our defenses because this will keep changing all the time and finally the concluding line or what i will choose maybe what i will choose as the conclusion or rounding off of this entire discussion today and that is and i quote espionage and foreign interferences by definition clandestine and its most severe impacts are cumulative but just because you cannot always see it does not make it less real or less serious or less pervasive it undermines our freedoms it degrades our decision making and strategic advantage it is truly a threat to our way of life and that's why you have to be serious and conscious all the time and bau business as usual will just not do so once again very interesting stuff but important takeaways are the same one that today intelligence agencies nation states they are now looking at the security or their spy or operations not just as catching rival spies so counter intelligence has now now yielded place to prevention of foreign interference one number two when you are trying to prevent foreign interference you may not keep all the information that you have secret in fact you can use disclosure of that information for dissuasion and deterrence number 3 the operations of some of these nation states and their agencies are now all pervasive at at a very large scale and there is a lot of use of cyber methods in doing that and any nation can only counter them if there is a larger scale awareness of these threats at the popular level at the population's level